In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a catch. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome back into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, usually joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray, but we're still giving my man Murray a little daddy duty time. He, of course, is the proud father to his now one-month-old son, Maddox, and I know Sharon is kicking butt as well. We will be back in the fold sooner rather than later because college football, that six-week NCAA allowance of practice with the coaches, is kicking off here in just about a week and a half. I know it's been a minute. Hope everybody had a very happy and safe 4th of July. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. I am at Drew Butler, and Aaron is, of course, at Aaron Murray 11. A little special episode for you today. I'm bringing in a guest. I have a great conversation lined up for you, so be sure to kind of sit back and relax and dive into this one. I'm joining friend of the program and good buddy of mine by Wes Blankenship. Wes, of course, used to be on 11 Live, the sports anchor in Atlanta. I know you follow him on social media, at Wes Blankenship. He is brilliant, the voice of Coffee Town, an unbelievable content creator, and he just launched a new venture with some other notable Atlanta sports media personalities. It's called Tackler Media. He is joined by Jason Butt, formerly the Atlanta Falcons beat writer at The Athletic, and John Michaels, who has been a staple on Atlanta sports radio for a long time. So Wes, in this crisis, decided to create something brand new, and I think you guys should definitely check it out, at Tackler Media on Twitter. Subscribe to their newsletter, which is great. Wes tells you all about it at the beginning of our interview. And then we just kind of dive into what is going on. I mean, it is a critical point right now for what sports is going to look like in the fall. Sure, golf, NASCAR, Premier League, MLS starts tonight. Major League Baseball starts at the end of the month. NBA has entered the bubble. School is supposed to start in six weeks in Georgia. And football, man, NFL training camp three and a half weeks away. College football training camp four weeks away. Wow, it is an interesting time. We both have very optimistic outlooks, so I think you will certainly enjoy that. And then, of course, something that Wes and I are both passionate about, sports media. Wow, what an interesting time as well. ESPN radio lineup has a huge shakeup. You're hearing Kirk Herbstreet's picking up momentum to go to Monday Night Football, what the opportunities look like when this is usually the hiring time to set yourself up for fall gigs. Wow, nothing's happening. So 
Pleased to be joined by West Blankenship. I know you will enjoy this conversation. Follow us again at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Wes is at West Blankenship and at Tackler Media. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. Here's this week's guest on Punt and Pass, West Blankenship. Okay, let's welcome in our guest on this episode of Punt and Pass. He is a good friend of the program. He is brilliant at social media, and he has an exciting new venture, which he announced last week with a couple of his partners. You know him if you live in the Atlanta area. If you're a college football or southeastern sports fan, you probably know him as well. It's our good buddy, Wes Blankenship. Wes Thanks for taking the time, man. We talked to you on one of the first Quarantine Chronicles way back when, four months ago, which is absolutely crazy to think. It probably feels like five years ago. But here we are, the middle of July. Sports, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Some leagues have kicked back off. But more importantly, what I want to start with is you just kicked off something personally. Tell us about Tackler Media, which is a new venture that you and a couple of other Atlanta sports media personalities just launched. Yeah, Drew, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, you're right, it does seem like forever ago. And uh, you had the Quarantine Chronicles, you had uh, Rodrigo Blankenship on, so you had two Blankenships on one podcast. I I don't think that's ever happened in the history of of podcasting. But (laughs) but yeah, it seems like forever ago. And um, the the new project right now is Tackler Media. And myself, Jason Butt, formerly the Falcons beat writer of The Athletic, and John Michaels, formerly of 92.9 The Game. You can hear him um, on 680 right now filling in uh, pretty regularly. But basically, the way that our industry is right now, um, it's a it's a pretty legitimate hiring freeze. And um, unless you had some really strong momentum going into the pandemic, and even if you did, in some cases, um, some of these jobs are just not there right now. That would be in a normal time, like June, July, and in, in the sports media industry, like that's a hot time to be locking down um, new jobs and new opportunities mm-hmm. because you're right before football season. Um, but that's just not the case right now. So based on the skill sets that the three of us have, um, myself in television and uh, digital uh, content creation, Jason in print writing, and uh, John in sports talk radio, we felt like we had a pretty diverse set of skills um, and a pretty wide array of, of experiences. But we all had that overlap of talking about Atlanta sports and talking about college football and really being well-versed in that. And I think that we all just identified the, the need for sports fans in Atlanta to hear, uh, hear a product that, that really combines all of those skills. And we launched Tackler Media uh, Monday of last week, uh, late June. And um, it's, it's a, the foundation is a newsletter. So you sign up for it, go to tacklermedia.com and, and you put your email in. And whenever we have a, an article or a piece that launches, it goes straight to your inbox that day. And we're not going to blow you up. We're not sending out five different things a day. We're really going for quality over quantity. And, you know, maybe it's in the morning you go to work, or maybe it's in the afternoon when you're taking a little break for lunch or just to get away from work for a few minutes you'll see it in your inbox and uh, we're covering anything and everything. I just had a piece yesterday about Atlanta United um, rejoining with the MLS's back tournament. 
Um, John Michael certainly knows his Falcons. He had a podcast yesterday addressing Bomani Jones, um, talking about Matt Ryan not being an MVP. And, and Jason Butt um, had a piece about the Braves and uh, their efforts to get back uh, amid some speed bumps uh, during the pandemic. So we're covering it all. It's, it's very topical, but it's also, like I said, uh, high-quality stuff. We're not trying to blow you up. And uh, it's, it's a wide variety of content as well. And not only do you have the newsletter content that you can uh, sit there and read, but we also have podcasts and uh, YouTube video content as well. And certainly covering social media too at Tackler Media on Twitter and Instagram. So it's, it's new, but it, it's nothing that, uh, you know, you're going to be blown away by from a, from a, a content standpoint of, I don't know what what's going on here. This is the content that, that you deserve as an Atlanta sports fan. And as a Southeastern sports fan, we're just bringing it to you with the understanding that we have a a variety of skills that, you know, many publications don't really utilize right now, even in 2020. Yeah, no question. I was really excited to see the announcement when it came out last week. I immediately followed on Twitter at Tackler Media. I immediately signed up to the subscription service, which does, of course, like you just said, hit your personal mailbox with topical and selective content, which is the best thing, I think. You know, you don't want to have to, you know, just throw stuff straight to your trash box or whatever. It's normally one or two things that you have interest in because you guys are covering exactly what we all know and love, which of course is Atlanta and Southeastern sports. You hit the nail on the head. I think it's a great combination of three specific talent bases. You with the TV background and of course your digital content creation, which you're brilliant at on Twitter. John is extremely well-versed in sports talk radio and Jason as a beat writer. And most recently with the athletic, uh, those are three things that you can kind of put together and make something really unique. So I'm excited for you. Everybody go follow at tackler media on Twitter. Everybody sign up for the subscription service. You will certainly not regret it. I think it's also a huge testament to you, Wes. I mean, when you had you on the Quarantine Chronicles, you were kind of giving us your life update then. A lot of us remember you from 11 Alive. And during a crisis, you can do one or two things. You can either create or crumble. I firmly believe that. You have chosen to create. I know that you will certainly reap the rewards from that. Hopefully, amid this pandemic and since the break that we have had, this long-baited No sports has been tough, but we're slowly inching back. Golf has been back for about three or four weeks now. The European Premier League soccer has been back, which you can watch on the weekends and even sometimes on the weekdays, which has been a nice break. And tonight, the MLS is back. Tournament starts. What are your thoughts on these first three leagues that are really kind of kicking off what we're hoping to ramp up in the coming weeks Do you think it's going well? Do you think the bubbles or the testing or really the coverage of how they're approaching this has been right? Yeah, I think it's one thing to see NASCAR and golf come back, right? And, you know, NASCAR diehards are going to come down on me when I say that NASCAR is not a team sport. I know that there is a team element um, in your pit crew, but once they hop out to, to repair something on the vehicle, they're hopping back in their garage and their, their distance, I would assume. Um, it's not the same with, with MLS. Um, you're, you're breathing those particles and, you know, you're right up in people's faces and, and there's not much protection. And, you know, I think we're going to see that with team sports. This is just a different, a different animal. And uh, with Major League Soccer, look, you already had FC Dallas 
um, get booted from the tournament yeah. by a major league soccer because they had 10 confirmed cases and a coach uh, was positive as well. And then one of the matches that was supposed to start this entire tournament tonight, uh, I believe it was Nashville and Chicago. They've been postponed uh, the last I've seen. And, you know, Atlanta United, they had two positive cases themselves. So luckily they, they haven't had the widespread uh, outbreak like teams like Dallas had, but we're just going to see these, these, these like hiccups. And I think people, as long as there's not a, a just a dire situation um, where, you know, people's families have been impacted and that's, that's the idea of the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the bubble was created to try to limit positive cases from the players 100%. I just don't believe that's realistic as we see the way this, this virus is being transmitted. Um, but if they're protecting their family, uh, many of these athletes are asymptomatic. Um, I'm not downplaying the severity of this at all, but as long as you're limiting those things, I think this is something we should expect to see more of. And it's, it's inevitable. Look, if you want these team sports to come back, uh, COVID's not going to pause just yeah. because we're, we're rallying around a sporting event. Um, it, it's going to happen. So I, I'm not alarmed by it. I'm not surprised by it. I applaud major league soccer's initiative um, and their efforts to get back, but we'll see, uh, you know, as this tournament goes on, if the cases keep rising, I don't know how they can really finish it up. It, it'll be really, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that as we get deeper into these matches. Yeah, there's no question. And obviously the situation in the United States is a bit different than what's going on in Europe. But the EPL has been going on pretty well. They seem to have it under control from that bubble standpoint of not having it spread throughout and because of the matches you know golf has been back it's been back alongside nascar is the two that have really kind of set the standard but everybody looks at golf and says it's pretty much the player and the caddy you're outside it's easy to social distance they're taking all necessary precautions two weeks ago they had a mini outbreak if you want to call it that a couple people tested positive a couple other players withdrew because they were around those positive tests and they just said hey we're not going to take the risk ourselves and we're not going to put other people at risk. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan scheduled a press conference that Wednesday, and everybody on social media kind of said, oh shit, here we go. They're going to cancel the tournament, and everything's going to be back up in arms. But no, I thought he, did, he, I thought he took a great approach and said, look, we are trying to figure out how to live with the situation at hand which I thought was perfect. He said, we know that this thing is not going anywhere. We are testing our players multiple times a week. We are testing them when they get to the site. We are testing them before they play the first round. If anybody has symptoms or if anybody has been around somebody who has tested positive, they will most likely have to, one, withdraw or request to play by themselves. I think the PGA Tour has done a fantastic job of tackling this issue. Next week at the Memorial Invitational, It was supposed to be the first week with fans on site. That, of course, has changed today. Officially, the Ryder Cup is supposed to be postponed until next week. But now, Wes, it's crazy to think this. It's July 8th today. We last talked in mid-March. I think amid this entire shutdown, people's brains have been wired to not really realize it's July 8th. 
I mean, college football camp is supposed to start at the end of the month. NFL training camp is supposed to start in three weeks. I always remembered when I was in the NFL, it was like after the 4th of July, you know, you go to the beach with your family or hang out or see friends and kind of take five days off. After the 4th of July, your brain kicks into gear and you're like, here we go. We got to ramp it up and get ready because training camp is coming. That is such a short time away. And yet everything is up in arms. So what are your thought process about football? Major League Baseball has a set date to start July 24th. NBA just entered the bubble. I mean, it's happening. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? I am optimistic. And that's just how I'm choosing. That's just how I'm choosing to be. And it's just like I said earlier, if these leagues operate with the understanding that cases are going to happen, I think just for our own psyches, we have to just move on from the shock factor of a positive case. If, if something horrible happens beyond that, then absolutely my heart goes out to anyone impacted by this virus. It's no joke. It, it is serious business. But when you are more conditioned now and you operate with the understanding, look at Jimmy Johnson and NASCAR tested positive less than a week ago and announced this morning that he has been cleared to race at Kentucky. Like these things, these positive tests are going to happen. Yeah. I'm not going to judge any athlete that decides not to play because of that. I'm not, once again, not downplaying how serious it can be. These athletes have their own decisions to make, but the shock factor of, Oh my gosh, did you see that Freddie Freeman is positive? Like I'm not surprised by it anymore. And I don't really understand the sentiment of every time an athlete tests positive. I don't, I don't understand why this is a big, like, like a, obviously it's a big deal, but I don't understand why it's like breaking news now um, other than the name behind it. And so for that reason, um, as team sports come back, major league soccer will be a great way for us to understand major league baseball. It's been a big week for major league baseball. Yep. Uh, the nationals have, have postponed their workouts until they get their test back. I get it. There are going to be speed bumps, but we can't just like, we can't stop because of that. Um, and, and I think that these teams, I think they're doing the right thing until we have a reason, uh, an objectively like tangible reason to shut it all down again. Um, some people might say that that's at, at that point, it's too late, but look, all these, most of these athletes are asymptomatic yeah. and they're getting right back to work until that fact changes. Why would we stop moving forward? Um, with the momentum that, that we're doing. You mentioned the PGA Tours testing protocols. Uh, Cole Kublik tweeted this morning, this is a positive sign for college football. Yep. Just like Jimmy Johnson. You, you test positive? Okay, I'm going to retest every 24 hours now. I'm going to see uh, where my levels are now. I'm going to see what my, uh, my infectious rate is now. Um, based on the knowledge that we have of the timeline of the disease and how infectious you are. If you test positive, keep retesting every 24 hours. And if you're good, if you're good to go and you don't feel sick, why would you sit out? I just think, I think it's, it's time to continue to operate with a, a respect and a precaution for this disease, but also not lose our mind and not unnecessarily shut things down that without them have a major economic impact specifically on college football on these schools and on these leagues it's 
it's going to be really difficult to come back if we think any differently. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I totally agree with you there. And I think we'll learn so much in the coming weeks that'll really give us a vision as to what the fall will look like. I think we all understand that college football and NFL football most likely will not have full stadiums. I mean, how that progresses throughout the season, who knows? But the main question, and I think the most immediate question, is one thing you're seeing in Major League Baseball is some stars are saying, hey, look, I'm not going to play this season. Okay, that's fine. Most notably in our region, Nick Markakis for the Braves. That's a big hit for Atlanta. Why is he deciding not to play? He cites his health. He cites talking to Freddie Freeman and hearing Freddie Freeman sound bad. And he, you know, I got kids, and I talked to a buddy of mine. And again, this is not downplaying it. But have you ever talked to somebody with the flu? They sound horrible. I mean, it's tough. I mean, if you're sick, yeah. you don't sound good. I mean, I get that. Another thing, too, though, and keep this in mind. Nick Markakis has made $119,282,000 playing baseball. He can afford to sit out this season for his public health, right? I understand that. Football players in college specifically, I do not think you're going to see many college football players sit out this season. One, because they want to play. That's why they're there. And two, they understand the value of time. I got to play. I want to get to the NFL. I want to get paid. I mean, everybody in college thinks that they're going to make it to the NFL. And for the NFL, I don't think you're going to see a lot of people sit out either because they want to get paid. And baseball money and basketball money, significantly different than NFL money. So keep that in mind. And again, I'm not downplaying it whatsoever. I just thought it was not funny. I thought it was interesting to hear Mark Kekas cite one of the reasons he's sitting out is because he talked to Freddie Freeman and Freddie Freeman sounded bad. I mean, if you're sick, you sound bad. That that, that That's not downplaying the virus. I just think – I thought that was – almost eye-opening, and then you kind of look at his career earnings and say, you know what, if he wants to sit out, let him sit out. Let him sit out. Keep in mind, yeah. too, Wes, college football teams have been on campus. They've been working out. This this six-week period that's about to start next week, which I think was a brilliant move by the NCAA, will then allow them to work with their coaches. They're going to be outside. They're going to be around each other doing more football activities rather than just strength and conditioning. You know, if the spread grows then, of course – it will be breaking news. Let's turn our attention to the NFL, though. Training camp is supposed to start at the end of the month. It's being reported that the NFL Players Association said we want no preseason games. I also heard that they are proposing that all meetings are done virtually. They show up for practice, have practice, and then go back home to limit the amount of time around each other. They've been doing Zoom meetings all spring long. During training camp, the number one thing you do is meet. You meet, you walk through, you meet, you practice, you meet. That is your day every single day. I'll be interested to see what the league says back to the Players Association, but that will be a fascinating test for the surge of coronavirus cases if they do continue. Do you think there will be a hiccup at the NFL? Because they have been full steam ahead since this whole thing started. Yeah, you know, on one hand, you look and see like, wow, I mean, the draft wasn't horrible. That was kind of fun, and they made that work. Uh, but from a from a meeting standpoint, like, you know better than I do from an NFL-specific like standpoint, how important is that immediate interaction with people? I would think that it probably is somewhat important without the, the lag and the delay of a Zoom meeting. Um, and look, what happens if you show up late for a Zoom meeting? Are the yeah, uh, punishments, are the fines, <laughs> is that the same as, as an in-person? Like, I think some of these things are, 
you know, if not antiquated, maybe just the nature of where we are right now electronically, you know, maybe there's a benefit to them, but um, it's probably going to show up. I, I think it would show up uh, in your immediate uh, practice efforts, like as opposed to sitting there and being able to diagram a play or have that immediate interaction with somebody in the room. I just think, look, technology is great, but it does have its limitations and it does uh, cut down an element of human interaction that is natural to us. So I would be surprised if there wasn't a little bit of a hiccup. Yeah, I mean, all, all my sources who are currently in the NFL say that the Zoom meetings have actually been pretty good and, and, and they've worked out well. Now, had they had to be in on the field working out, going through walkthroughs, doing practice when you really go over exactly what you're meeting about? Not yet, but again, it's going to be a trial and error run throughout training camp, and if they don't have preseason games, boy, that first week of the NFL season might look a little dicey. I would really be interested to see how Las Vegas handicaps those games without being able to see the talent on the field, even just for a couple of quarters throughout the preseason. Everybody's expecting big news today as well, Wes, from the Ivy League. They're expected to announce today that they're going to move their football season to the spring. Brett McMurphy from Stadium Network says, however, sources told Stadium don't expect FBS to automatically make the same decision. Source says, doubt the Ivies have much influence with FBS schools. They aren't as vulnerable financially. I agree with him, and I do not think college football is going to be played with in the spring, and I also have maintained this opinion throughout this entire thing. Yes, the Ivy League kind of set the domino effect with March Madness, said they weren't going to play their conference tournament. Schools started to pull out of those conference tournaments. The whole thing crumbled. If a conference or if specific schools in any of the Power Five conference say they're not going to play football, this thing is churning forward. There will be football this spring. I think games will be played on time, and I think the 12-game schedule will go on as planned. Am I crazy or am I overly optimistic? What are your thoughts on college football? Yeah, I don't I don't think you're crazy. I think where there's a will, there's a way. And if you're not going to play and you're a Power 5 school, all right, see you next time. Yeah, like, yeah, we're moving forward. I, I think it's exactly like you said. Uh, we need this. We, our schools need this. And our our athletes, you know, they, they've got to make their own decisions. Think about a guy like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. You know, what if, what if they don't play at all this fall? What if they don't play until the spring? That impacts their entire draft stock. You know, oh, th- there's a, a relationship between the NFL and college football that can't be overlooked either. And there is a part of the status quo that needs to happen. Um, and I don't know how much uh, an individual college is going to make their decisions based on that, but they're going to want to do everything they can. You know, college football coaches, you know how much of control freaks those guys are. They don't want any variables that they're not used to, um, let alone playing and practicing during a pandemic. They want as much of this to stay the same as they can. And when you talk about power five football coaches, and the influence that they have on not only the decisions made within an athletic department, but within a university, you'd be crazy to think that it would have to be anything but the last case scenario uh, for them to not be playing this fall um, if they do play at all. And I believe that they will. 
I think so, too. And we've said it repeatedly throughout the Quarantine Chronicles and even as we've continued with punt and pass. A few schools, a few select schools, and I guess you can include the Ivy Leagues because of their endowment funds, I would assume, are financially and economically okay if they don't play football in 2020. The vast majority of schools, academia, are not in that same type of situation. College football upholds our academic institutions, if you don't think so. I think you might have your head underneath a rock. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) Hope for good news. I mean, hope for good news. The Ryder Cup was just officially postponed to 2021, which I get because they want the fans there. But the Ivy Leagues are going to play football in the spring. It's not going to be the case for FBS schools. I really don't think so. Let's shift to sports media a little bit before I let you go. Sports media is in such a an amazing place right now. An unprecedented place is probably better said. One of the reasons why you and John and, and Jason started Tackler Media is because there's been pay cuts. There's been layoffs. There's been restructures of contracts. If you look at what's happening at ESPN or Fox, if people are not being re-signed, it's because their contracts are going up, and ESPN and Fox and them, they don't want to spend the money, right? And if people switch ships, they're because they're finally getting an offer. Maybe they weren't getting an offer from their current network, but with the recent transition, even down to the SEC network with hiring Roman Harper to do SEC Nation and Jordan Rogers is going to be on SEC Nation as well, to the ESPN radio shakeup, which was announced yesterday, which is just crazy to me. And how about this one? It's now being reported that Kirk Herbstreet to Monday Night Football is picking up momentum. I just can't see that. What a, what a weird place to be in in sports media. It's it's bizarre. I saw the report about Kirk uh, pulling down double duty as well and um look man this this industry's changing and it's been changing even before this pandemic and now it's it's almost like this this push right like we talked about the the technology earlier with zooms and um those types of interviews and uh, everyone working remotely like i've been all for it for a while now and if you are if you are getting your job done why do i why do you have to you know, this isn't my attitude when I was working in a studio. I was always going to do the job required of me. But I was curious as to, like, how antiquated are these current systems that we have of being required to come into a studio? I get that. For for some elements, you need to have a giant monitor behind you to help you tell the story. But why not be a little bit more nimble? Why not find a way to use the technology that we have? We're in 2020. Amen. I mean, we, I, I have the, I have the ability to do this interview like I'm doing with you right now. You know, we're doing interviews through Zoom, and we are, we're finding that the accessibility is only increased because of that. Our is better because of that, as opposed to relying on an athlete to potentially come and sit with us in studio, have to get mic'd up, have to get the lights checked, and have to get the cameras checked. Does the image? look as good as you know a 4k camera does in a studio obviously not and i'm not okay with that part of it because i am a quality and technical control freak myself but it's a start it's a start for us to pursue something that could be better and could actually you know we talk about the division in this country like it's just the the irony of that and that's a totally different tangent but we have every opportunity and reason to be more unified right now, 
specifically when you talk about sports media, allow your talent, allow the people that you're interviewing, allow the, you know, the play-by-play that you're doing. Does every uh, live event need to have people there? Probably not. The big ones, yes. Your voices need to be there. They need to have a read on, on what the atmosphere is. But when you look back on people that were resistant to technological change, how do we feel about those people today? We think that they were, you know, stubborn. We think that they were unable to adapt. Why not to adapt right now? And I think, you know, it's a tough place to be, but the networks are are coming to terms with that, and they have to if they want to survive. Yeah, my my sources are telling me that ESPN and CBS, I don't know about Fox, are leaning towards having their play-by-play and their color commentators call football games from home this fall. How will that look? I don't know. PJ Tour is doing it right now. Most of the people who you hear on TV are in Orlando or are in Connecticut. They are not on site. How is that going to affect the product of a football game on television? I guess that remains to be seen. But for years and years, and Wes, you know, I have done stuff with you at 11 Alive. I've done a lot of stuff on my own, whether it be campus lore or stadium or this very podcast, but for years and years, you keep hearing, hey, sports media is going digital. Digital is the trend. That's where you want to be, over the top, social. It's heading that way. Well, guess what? A lot of people push back to that. Now everybody's being forced into it. So I think there is great opportunity with what exactly you just said. And for a company like ESPN or the SEC Network or CBS, which is up in New York, how much money are they going to save when they realize, hey, we don't have to fly that guy up and put him in a hotel for three nights and get him in studio every single day. We can just maybe send him a good Brio Logitech camera, a legitimate microphone, see if he can get a decent setup in his house, and everything's going to be okay. Like That's what I think is really going to be positioned moving forward. It will be fascinating to see how it plays out this fall. But again, it is so soon. I mean, we both live in Metro Atlanta. School's supposed to start in six weeks, really five weeks now. I mean, what's going to happen? We got to make some decisions quick. Sports is right behind it. What a unbelievable time. So much has changed in the last four months since we talked, Wes. But most importantly, I'm glad you're healthy. I'm excited for your new venture at Tackler Media on Twitter. And of course, sign up tacklermedia.com i believe it is wes and that you and your family are healthy that's the best my man thank you so much for your time on this beautiful wednesday afternoon anything on the way out my man yeah i just want to echo sentiments for you as well congrats on uh, your new edition and glad everybody's doing well and it is insane to think that today i'm July 8th, as we record this we don't know yeah. how college football and how the nfl will look but we haven't heard that they're not happening yet, so I guess that's the silver lining. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate your time. Follow Wes at Wes underscore N ship on Twitter. And of course, follow at Tackler Media. Wes, thanks so much, my man. We'll talk to you later. Big thanks to Wes Blankenship for joining us on this episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with him once again be sure to follow and subscribe at tackler media follow west at west blankenship follow us at punt and pass and i am at drew butler we will keep you up to date whenever college football or nfl or whatever good sports news breaks here in the coming days and coming weeks and i will get with my man 
Aaron Murray, and we will formulate a plan to really rock and roll maybe after virtual SEC media days. That will be interesting to see how it happens. But, of course, there will no doubt be great content that comes from SEC media days. As always, remember, just two years ago, two short years ago, Aaron Murray went viral for saying that he questioned Jeremy Pruitt as the CEO of Tennessee football. Feinbaum tried to rip on him. We all stuck up for our boy Murray. Maybe something like that happens again. Who knows? Maybe we all just come up with the craziest take that we possibly can think of, make it go viral, and pick things up. We'll see. But thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. See you.